0: Alright, hello and my name is John Michael Collins. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. Before we get started, the music you just heard is fun, it's upbeat, and in a way kind of depicts me. I would like to thank and give a very special shout out to my friends Marino and Noah Correa who provided the music for this project. They're part of a company called Cinema Sonic, which is a company dedicated to providing quality audio and visual works for your next project. They're planning on opening a new studio in the Seattle area catering to professional-level podcast production. If you would like to learn more, visit their website at cinema-sonic.com. Cinema as in a movie cinema, hyphen, sonic as in supersonic.com: So a few weeks ago I went to get my eyeballs checked, maybe like a month or two ago. It was funny because, I mean, okay, it wasn't funny, One of, like, my last weeks at work, in any machine shop, this can happen. I talked about recently in one episode that accidents do happen, and this was a complete accident that was, like, really out of my control. And you could go into, like, yeah, talking to me about what I could have done to prevent this, but ultimately, like, it's in the past and it doesn't really matter. Like, I had the talk with a friend about him falling and grabbing the thorn bush. I didn't mean to do this, but out of reaction, I'm just like... What could you have done so that didn't happen? Like, what if you turned your body this way? And (laughs) after I said all that, I felt bad because it didn't really help. It just kind of makes you feel bad. I was wearing safety glasses. Safety glasses do help out a lot to prevent things from getting in your eyes. And you might make fun of somebody for actually wearing them. But actually, like, I would like to see the rest of my life if I can do something to prevent it. I was practicing how to drill out a fastener that's installed, like a fastener that's countersunk, drilling it out with the right size drill bit so that you don't actually make the hole any bigger than it could be. When you put a fastener into an airplane and then you have to drill it out for whatever reason, if it's too long or if it's not, if it wasn't installed properly or whatever, if you drill the hole bigger in the airplane, then you have a bigger problem, and that's just... A lot more work that you don't want to happen, so yeah, having those talks, those discussions about what could we do to make this not happen in the future, that definitely helps, like if you foresee something that's a reoccurrence, like installing thousands of fasteners into a piece of metal. But anyway, what happened? I was wearing my safety glasses, and I was doing this practice, and I had an air hose in one hand and I had a rivet gun in the other hand. I connected the two, and usually when you connect, it like latches, it's like teeth, if you've ever seen like a an air hose connection. Unfortunately, it didn't latch on, like I thought it did, and so I let go, and upon letting go, the air hose flew out of my hand because it was propelled downward by the pressure of the air being released. It not only hit me, In a very uncomfortable place, but it also shot this gush of air underneath my safety glasses. And within the air was this piece of metal, like a metal shaving. I don't know how big it was, but for about the next 20 minutes, I was flushing my eye out with water, holding my eye, praying, like, oh, please, Lord, don't let this get any worse help me get this out. And so I fortunately got it out after like four times of flushing it. And I was super, super grateful for the people who were walking by to ask me if I was okay. And this one guy who came by, he was a military veteran who just happened to be a medic. He looked at my eye, calmed me down and like walked me through it and was telling me how when you scratch your eye with anything, it's going to feel like There's something in it for a really long time, even though the thing is out. Fortunately, I had scheduled an appointment to go to the eye doctor and get my eyes checked out, not even expecting that this would have happened. So I'm like, yes, at least I have this appointment. Long story short, like nothing bad happened. (laughs) That being said, if you are just joining, this podcast as a personal and therapeutic tool that I call a vocal diary. It's a space for me to process thoughts, explore stories, and just post them for anybody who might be interested, hopefully inspiring someone. I'm not doing this for any type of social gain or to be a better human. Like I said, it's just for me, for my well-being, more or less. Episodes one and two talk about who I am as a person. If you haven't listened to them, and you want to get to know like a little bit about me a little bit more about me outside of the stories, I would encourage you to go listen to those and then outside of those two episodes, there's no chronological order to any of the episodes. You can just listen to whatever one. A quick disclosure that going on tangents may or may not be involved. the show is conversationally true to how I speak. so without further ado, adieu adieu. Uh, here we go. (laughs) To win thunderstorms are a desire in life. The thoughts leading up to this move, one of them I'd been thinking a lot of like, okay, in more of a permanent place that I want to want to live, what are some criteria that I like want? What are some things that would make me enjoy living in that place? One of them is thunderstorms. Now I don't actually know. 100% how many times you'll find a thunderstorm in Atlanta. But what I do know is there are more storms in Atlanta than there are in Seattle. I also considered things like yearly temperature, snowfall, just geography, different types of communities that I would be interested in getting involved with. I've ultimately also just kind of had this draw to go to the south. It's funny because I Okay, I've been a, been in Atlanta twice. I was at the airport once. It was a connecting flight. I also spent, like, a day there. <laughs> and I was like, I could never live here. But I said that because of, like, traffic. And now that I've lived in Seattle, I'm like, never say never, because the traffic in Seattle is pretty bad. Without a doubt, like, traffic in Atlanta is probably worse. Yeah, thunderstorms. When I lived in Colorado and Iowa, I know this sounds like a really, really weird thing to like, and I kind of talked about it in my last episode, actually, about chaos. Thunderstorms, there's something beautiful about them and drawing and captivating. My time spent in Seattle, almost three years, I heard thunder and saw lightning probably less than ten times. Not very much at all. It's ultimately like a rainforest, just with a lot of trees and, I mean, obviously buildings, but it rains more and it's it's located in part of the world where there's actually this atmospheric river that drops a bunch of rain, rainfall onto it, which is why it rains so often in Seattle. And actually, people think it rains more in Seattle. Yes, it rains more frequently, but the actual amount of, the amount of rainfall is not as much as you'd think because... When it rains in Seattle, it's more of like a mist, whereas, say, Texas, when it rains, like, it downpours a lot. Texas and Iowa and, yeah. So the overall amount of rainfall between Seattle and, like, parts of Texas are, are the same. My time of living in Iowa and Colorado, I just, I love thunderstorms. I remember even one time flying into Dallas, Texas, or a work thing. Like we flew into this flash flood warning. I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. And when we were waiting for our rideshare vehicle, there was just this crazy storm that we were in the middle of. And I felt like a dog, super excited about life because I hadn't seen it for so long. Thunderstorms being a desire, it's gone back for a super, super long time. And I also remember a time in Iowa, there was a thunderstorm that kicked out the power and my family and I, we were like all sitting on the same bed, just like talking, hanging out with lamps, battery powered lights, because the power was out and it was fun. But uh, my heart goes out, I know this was a while ago now, not terribly long ago, but my heart goes out to those people in Iowa who went through like this massive, massive chaotic storm that actually flattened hundreds of acres of cornfields, if not thousands of acres of cornfields across the state that you could, yeah, thousands of acres of crops that you could see actually from outer space. It was incredible. And I also saw pictures of grain bins that were knocked over. I can only begin to feel for what they had to go through because One of my friends posted something saying that God must be really angry, so he just unleashed this giant storm on Iowa, which, something silly, but God is a loving God, and he loves you. So, thunderstorms, try to think about things in life that you desire. (coughs) To when I travel to unknown places. (coughs) Yeah. A lot of times, I've gone to places that I shouldn't have gone. Like one time I went to Minnesota and I just kind of stumbled into this mentality that kind of put me in a mental funk for quite a while. And it was kind of upsetting, kind of depressing, kind of unhealthy, just a mix of everything. It's very bold to go somewhere out of your comfort zone. It helps tremendously to know somebody where you're going. I definitely have a limit as to, I'll go to this place. If I have a plan, like I have friends who go to other countries, they're traveled on a whim, kind of just going there and seeing what happens. I'm not quite as comfortable doing that. Not saying that they didn't have any stability in it, but I like to have some footing already established instead of establishing the footing as I go. But with my faith, I know that I can go anywhere. Jesus is with me. I mean, this this world is a dangerous place. I'm in the comfort of a safe living space, but bad things could happen. Bad things happen anywhere in any time, and you just don't know what could happen. Like, an earthquake could happen, which is out of your control. A lot of bad things that happen are actually out of your control. Like, you can only do so much to be prepared for it. Yeah, I could probably be more prepared for an earthquake or natural disaster of some type. At the same time, like, you really don't know what you need until you get to that point. Unless you have, like, some reference, like, natural disaster experts saying this is what you should do to prepare yourself for this thing that could happen. To my family in New Orleans, when Hurricane Katrina hit in 2005, like, they could only be prepared so much. And I'm, I'm fortunate that they made it through. This one time when I was in Taiwan, there was a, there was a typhoon, which, according to the NOAA, The only difference between a hurricane and a typhoon is the location where the storm occurs. In the North Atlantic, Central North Pacific, and Eastern North Pacific, the term hurricane is used. The same type of disturbance in the Northwest Pacific is called a typhoon. The typhoon that I experienced wasn't as strong because we were more inland, but we went to this island called Green Island off the southeast coast of Taiwan, where actually where we stayed. They're like, yeah, the week... Last week, this was really, really bad. In northwestern Taiwan, where we where we were staying, there were cars knocked over, there were trees knocked over, but the damage wasn't as severe. So unknown places are definitely scary, but as long as you have some footing to hold on to, whatever comes ultimately won't be as bad. Like one of my biggest fears is an earthquake because the ground is falling out from underneath you and you can't really do anything about it. The instinctive fear behind that is a lack of control. And I mean, you can apply the same thing to a tsunami, a typhoon, a hurricane, a tornado. Like something is happening where you're just, you're taken out of your element and you you have no control over it. It's this mental thing of whatever happens, happens. I will do my best to kind of stay away from that, but if it comes, there's not much you can do and you can either worry about it or you can try to make peace. I mean, the natural human reaction is to worry and be fearful. And I'm not saying worrying and being fearful are subordinate of lesser strength. You're you're not a good person if you worry and you're anxious about things. I get anxious and fearful and scared about things, too. Like, I was camping (laughs) next to this river, and I was like, uh, what if there were a bear? (laughs) Sorry if that's a little too much. But you have to consider those things that could happen, and part of life is how much risk are you willing to take to live your life? Fortunately, my friend Simon calmed me down by saying that there weren't many bears or there wasn't, like, any bear activity where we were camping. So that was good. Although it did start raining, and it was really dark, so, like, that added that intrinsic fear. But him talking me, just like talking, calmed me down. (coughs) To when my environment changes. (laughs) This has been, like, a common thing. Ever since I was born, I've moved at least 20 times, and I'm adding now to that list. And just more and more, I'm, like, getting so tired of moving. But one of my good friends said, you're like a leaf in the wind. When the wind comes, you go with it. I mean, I don't always go with it. I feel like this move definitely, I don't have to go, but I want to go. My old college pastor, he said the phrase, an oak tree doesn't grow overnight, which is definitely true. It definitely can grow overnight. By the act of god but normally it doesn't grow overnight it takes years upon years i've seen so many beautiful trees in the last month of being in seattle just exploring and adventuring i learned generally what size just by eyeballing a tree roughly how old it might be And it's like wow when you when you look at a cross section of a tree if you cut it in half and you see like the you see all these rings You see the center, which is like the original first growth of the tree. You can tell how old a tree is by counting how many rings it has, which is cool. And fortunately, other people counted for me, but I, I counted one and like concluded like this tree is generally, is roughly this old, like 60 or 70 years old. But I saw a tree that was like 700 to 800 years old, and it was taller than me. It was, well... No, it was taller than me. I think it was eight feet in diameter. If you've ever seen a tree, seen like a full-grown tree that big, it's like, wow, this thing has been here a long, long time. But back to the, an oak tree does not grow overnight? I think of my life as kind of like this plant, this tree. If you think of a tree, it starts out as a seed. That seed takes root in the ground. And as it's gathering nutrients over time, it starts to keep growing. And eventually it breaks through the surface of the ground. And then it's exposed to the wind, to rain, to squirrels, to creatures like possibly coming to chew it down. Then it starts growing these leaves that gather food and nutrients from the sun through the process called photosynthesis, which is really cool. Photosynthesis being the process in which plants and organisms use sunlight to synthesize foods from carbon dioxide and water, which is a really cool process and eventually gets like a thicker, harder outer skin, outer shell to protect it. And then you have this thing, this giant thing with branches and leaves, and then it's like a habitat for birds and squirrels and all these different creatures. And it's beautiful, it's glorious, but it doesn't grow overnight. One thing that's definitely been hard for me just moving around so much, I establish roots, and then I'm kind of uprooted and moved to a new place to obtain different roots. So it's like I've got a bunch of roots, and I've been repotted so many times in different environments, but I have the same soil. Or it's like I'm just, you know, like my fern Riley. I've had to repot her a handful of times. My environment's changing. Like with any type of change, though, it's nerve-wracking because you kind of don't know what to expect, but ultimately, you just kind of got to go with it. Kind of got to go with it. Stay calm. Don't freak out. It will be okay. What you're going through, you will be okay. Hang in there. Reach out to someone for help, and just keep your chin up. I mean, now, if you're hiking and there's a lot of rocks, yeah, you should look down and so you don't trip, because that could be really bad. I really want to thank you from the deepest part of my heart for tuning into this episode. Please feel free to share this with your family and friends and anyone and everyone you know. And also, if you don't mind, head over to my website, which acts as my creative portfolio, johnmichaelcollins.com. Thanks for listening.